I confess, I shaved my balls today so my pubic hair wouldn't poke out through my panties. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please come back when you are of age. This podcast is sponsored by SexyDeliciousThings.com, a 25-plus erotic social network dedicated to the art of individual sexual expression. Sexy D provides a play space for people to celebrate their inner perv, share erotic pictures, videos, and stories with other like-minded sexy friends. Join us to connect and share and celebrate all things sexy and delicious. Three months free membership when you use coupon code BEDPOST at SexyDeliciousThings.com. Thank you for listening to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin-based live storytelling series featuring smart, sexy stories. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear was recorded on May 15th, 2014. Michael Flower will share erotic fiction titled Intimate View of a Quiet Alley at Sunset. Here is Michael. At first, I didn't think about it, why the girl was in the alley. I could see it from my second story window in the back. The alley between the blocks, littered with old wooden fences, decrepit sheds, overgrown grass and weeds. I sat there at my little desk next to the window, sweatpants and hot tea, crossword and pencil. I liked to watch the birds swooping and chirping and preening away the last hour or so before sundown. She didn't strike me as strange at first. She could have been working out. She wore track pants, loose-fitting sleeveless top, Sneakers, fanny pack. She could have been stretching, except I'd never seen stretches like that. She could have been dancing. I thought I spotted fragments of the mashed potato, the macarena, the sprinkler. As she twisted, bobbed, and lunged, I even thought it might be performance art, guerrilla theater. But there was no audience in the seldom-traveled, overgrown alley. The more I watched, the more I caught an aura from it, like it had a tone to it which wasn't immediately obvious. Then I realized she was staring directly dead into my eyes as she gesticulated. As if in tribal ritual, she moved solemnly, invested, and inwardly vibrant. She hopped, stomped, clapped, in tune with the planet. She pantomimed dramatically in full sentences. She cast spells and traced sigils in the air. By now, I was convinced she was a visionary, a shaman, a magician. So compelled was I by the force of her flourish, I moved entranced down the stairs, out the back door, to the overgrown alley. No keys, no phone, no wallet. When I reached the spot where she had been, all I found in evidence of her presence was a rough circle of trampled grass and weeds in the middle of the alley. The sun had begun to set behind me. I watched my shadow lengthen across the ground. I felt like I was dreaming. I stared down the alley one way, then the next. I walked several paces away and looked into neighboring backyards. I walked back to the circle of trampled grass. The anticlimax had me puzzled. 
It seemed like a lot of fireworks for no finale. A lot of show for no curtain call. A lot of broccoli for no dessert. <laughs> As I turned to go back inside to my crossword puzzle, I looked up to my window, my mezzanine, my box seats, and realized then that I had been a victim of prestidigitation. I had been transcended, and this presto changeo had taken me from viewer to viewee, from spectator to sport. There, in my window, she danced, hands on hips, elbows out and flapping, gyrating to the third bar of the chicken dance. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> she raised both hands, shoulder height, and slapped her fingertips against her palms. It almost looked like she was waving at me. It definitely looked like she was smiling at me. I raced to the back door, around to the front door, both locked. As I ran around the house, pounding and swearing, wearing nothing but sweatpants, she watched me solemnly from the window. I shook my fist and shouted threats at her. Her expression did not change. She took a tube of lipstick from the fanny pack and began to calmly apply it to her lips, using the window pane as a mirror. When that was done, she found other makeup in there and continued to do her face. She did not take my threats seriously. That much was evident. But she began to ignore me so casually, so serenely, so thoroughly that I became hypnotized by the mundane performance. I sat down in the trampled grass. The ground was warm where she had stomped it flat. I leaned back on my palms, considering whether or not I was desperate enough to break a window and which window I would break. The sun dipped below the trees, the houses, the sheds, the fences. The sky in sunset, tinged macabre by the evening's phantasmagorical unfolding, affected an eerie quietude. All at once, the birds and bugs lost their voices, but I could still feel them, frozen and wide-eyed in the shadows, waiting, just like me, for the second act. She took the fanny pack off and laid it on the table behind her. Then she took off her shirt. She did this as nonchalantly as if she had already finished her run and was ready to hit the showers. She switched on the floor lamp beside the window, and now I could see her more clearly in the creeping darkness. I watched her as she raised her hands to her belly, pushed on it with her fingertips, sucked in. She turned profile, one side, then the other, port, then starboard, then faced front again. She leaned forward and pushed on her cheeks with her fingertips. She bared her teeth at herself, upper, then lower, Directly above me, the street lamp came to life with a snap and a buzz, and I jumped. The sudden, subtle brilliance distracted her. She looked at me, flashed a brief knowing smirk, and returned immediately to her routine. It was a momentary break in character, but I caught it like a fly ball in the face. A hot bruise of recognition spread against my cheeks. I had been enchanted, seduced, peep-shown. She had trampled this patch of grass for me. She had sprinkled it with sorcery, allurement, magnetism, so that I might be called to it. She bewitched me. She made me watch. Basking in newfound, unbound victimhood, I was feeling a bit unhinged as her hands reached behind her back to the clasp of her bra. When the puppies fell free, I rose to my knees. <laughs> I pledged allegiance and prayed for mercy in one spasmodic breath. I had been topped without ever having been touched. 
I had no intention of leaving my seat until after the credits rolled. She weighed one breast in her hand, then the other. She primped her nipples. Even from this distance, I thought I could see them stiffen and redden. The primping turned to pinching, turned to squeezing, turned to tugging. She cupped both breasts, lifted and squeezed them, let them drop. <laughs> she brushed her hands lightly down over them, past her nipples, down her ribcage, stomach, pelvis, until her thumbs hooked into the waistline of her pants. She slid the pants over her hips, down her thighs, past her knees, and stepped out of them. She performed all of this offhandedly, as if I was not watching with tented sweatpants in the shadows of the alley. <laughs> she had me tethered to the spot, the mark she had made for me, and she knew it. Yet her actions could not have been less ceremonious or more indifferent if she had been chewing gum. She put her hands on her hips and twisted one way, then the other, looking down at her body, watching it move. She put a foot up on the windowsill and admired herself like this. She pulled carelessly at the hair above her pussy. She rubbed one finger between her lips. She added another finger and spread them open. With her other hand, she split the rosy inner petals apart and curved a finger inside. She bent over a bit to get in deeper. She fucked herself like that until her knees shook and she needed both hands to keep from falling. She scooted the table over to the window and sat on the edge, her feet propped up on the windowsill. She leaned back on one hand and continued to fuck herself with the other. Her fingers moved while her hips rocked and her chest heaved and her lips trembled. Her toes curled and uncurled. Her expression became anxious and slightly pained. I looked down the alley, both ways. I slid my sweatpants down to my ankles. I put one hand between my legs, leaned back on the other, and started stroking my cock. <laughs> the night felt humid and sticky, but a slight breeze came through and washed over my naked body. My skin broke out in goose flesh and my balls got tight and tingled beneath my fingers. <laughs> I watched her face, her mouth, as she began to say, yes, yes, yes. I could almost hear her chanting it, falling short of breath. I could feel the heat of it on my face, the sweet wind rushing past her lips onto mine. The way she devoured her body with her hungry hands made me ache to touch her. I watched her make those faces and imagined her riding the hard cock in my hand, squeezing my face with her tits. I got hot and dizzy as my orgasm began to work its way around my body. I was so overexcited I could barely keep a steady rhythm going. I knew it was going to be over any moment now, but I tried to stretch it out, to slow it down. I wasn't done watching her play her magnificent body like a musical instrument. I heard her holler as she finished. She threw her head back and shouted to the gods. When she pulled her hand from her pussy, the liquid release that came with it sprayed the window pane in triumph. With, with the sight and the sounds of her high notes, I steadied my stroke. I held my breath, looked up at the stars, came all over my stomach, and collapsed on my back. 
the night sky looked serene, comforting, approving. When I looked back at the window, the light was out. I evaluated the hot mess on my stomach, crotch, and hand in the weird glow of the streetlight. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure what came next for me here, but I knew I couldn't go around wearing nothing but jizz covered sweatpants. <laughs> I heard a creak as the back door swung open. I scrambled to my feet and pulled on my sweatpants. Once inside, I called out in the dark house, hello, hello, walking around, turning on lights, checking closets. When I saw the front door open, I figured she had fled. I walked out to the sidewalk. A car drove past, but I couldn't tell who was inside. I went back in the house and locked the doors, front and back. I started the shower. I threw the sweatpants in a corner to be dealt with later. <laughs> I went to the window. The heat of her still permeated the room. On the windowsill, I found a business card. Its hue reminded me of the sunset. On one side it read plainly, that was fun, play again. <laughs> On the other side was a telephone number, and above the number it read, dial V for voyeur. Thank you. And thank you. Much, indeed almost all, of our sexual gratification we feel takes place in the collection of nerve cells inside our skulls, as opposed to those slopped unevenly across our epidermal outfits. Yet we walk around with the collective pretension that the physical details of our bodies have so much to do with desire. It is this irony of design and desire that Michael Flower feels affords him the unlikely position through his writing to fuck your brains out without ever having been in the same room with you, possibly even the same state. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of the I Want Your Sex podcast at MiaOnTop.com, Julie Gillis of JulieGillis.com, and Sadie Smythe of That's What Sadie Said.com. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin at innuendostudios.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter, where we tweet audience confessions. Chime in and add yours. And don't forget the special offer from Sexy Delicious Things, three months free membership to the erotic social networking site when you use coupon code BEDPOST at checkout. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess I never understood the appeal of Burt Reynolds until I started sleeping with a guy with just as hairy of a chest. <laughs> and fuck mustache rides. It's all about riding that beautiful, hairy chest. Yeah. <laughs> Burt. <laughs> <laughs> I confess. As a young man, I was sleeping with a fine young lady who would often fart before she came, what? right as her body relaxed. Yeah, yeah. And like a good Pavlov puppy, soon the act of her passing passionate gas was an immediate trigger for me to come. 
So, uh, I took her out for Mexican food very often. <laughs> oh, you get a little, you get a little cauliflower.